0: I started to see in all of my positions that like, hmm, maybe I could be the boss. Hmm, maybe I could run the show. And it was all my experiences that finally led me up to the point where like, I just don't want to work for anyone else. Like, I feel that I have enough skills and experience and knowledge, expertise, whatever to do my own thing. At the end of the day, like I mentioned before, I think I was born an entrepreneur. It just took me a couple of years to figure it out.
1: Welcome to Profile Central Wisconsin, a podcast about the origins of the organizations that make our community thrive. I'm Benjamin Nuss, your host and the campus dean of Mid-State Technical College's Stevens Point Campus. I'll be joined by my co-host, Michael Witte, executive director of the Portage County Business Council. On this episode of Profile, Michael and I visit with Ashley Schrader, owner and wellness guide for The Garden, a wellness club that just opened up in Plover. Ashley accrued years of experience working in sales, marketing, hospitality, fitness, and event planning. She has wrapped all of this together to now venture out to start a new business here in central Wisconsin. We'll learn from Ashley how the garden is more than just a place to work out. It's a place for community to grow and be well together. This podcast is a little different because typically we talk to well-established companies. We recorded this episode just 4 days after they opened. It's a rare opportunity to see into the first stage of a business that I'm sure you'll enjoy. To hear the story of how the garden came to be and where it's going. Here's Ashley. So ultimately one of our themes here is transformation. So, you know, becoming some some something else, ending up someplace else. So maybe let's start with your own journey. Did you grow up in Wisconsin?
0: Yes, I did. I was born and raised in the Milwaukee area in a suburb called New Berlin. So I spent pretty much my entire life there until I went to college. From college, I moved back to Milwaukee.
2: You know, right after college, you, know, you get that first job right out of school. What was that like for you?
0: So great question. Before I officially moved back to Milwaukee, I did stay in Oshkosh for about a year and a half. And I was a beer sales rep for Miller. And I beat out 126 applicants. And it was a big deal at that time because I was the only female sales rep and the only female within the company that was selling within my territory. So I did that for a year and a half. Um, and then decided did you,
1: did you study sales? Business marketing you were with su- my degree. Yeah. Okay. So you got a degree in business marketing and I mean, do you feel that that prepared you for this kind of sales position, your first sales position and you beat out the the, the entire field?
0: Yes, because that sales position revolved around events and promoting different brands. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what we studied. So I felt I was very prepared for that position.
1: What 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 day-to-day like what were you doing there for Miller?
0: So I would have a certain territory, Oshkosh, Nina, and Fondalek, and I would travel to 56 different accounts selling Miller products to them. Mm-hmm. So I'd meet with the bar owners or managers and sell them in products. And the more events we did, the bigger number of sales. So that was something I really enjoyed doing because I got to meet with the business owners face-to-face. I got to spend time getting to know them and their brand.
1: How did it feel to be the the first female sales rep?
0: It was really empowering, especially at such a young age. I was, what, 22, (laughs) 23, and I beat out 126 people. And I think a lot of that came off of my personality, obviously not my experience because it's my first job out of college. Um, but I believe it was my personality and the jobs that I had throughout college that gained me the rights to have that position.
1: How did you do it? Do you feel like you were successful?
0: I do feel like I was very (laughs) successful. I actually crushed it. I had some of the (laughs) highest sales numbers in the industry and it's because I'm my personality. I'm so personal with people and I really wanted that business owner to succeed. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I actually won a couple trips One um, trip in particular, we took on Abita, which is a craft brewery, um, and I won the trip because I had the highest number of sales in the company. And I was like six months into the job. So <laughs> I think go. I was pretty successful. So <laughs> well, and let's face it, male-dominated industry, a young female um, comes in. They I have a little something different to say than uh-huh, uh-huh. some of the other people they would be talking with. So and
2: those that have met you
0: are not shocked by that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can pretty much talk to anyone. So <laughs>
1: So you end up uh, back in Milwaukee and then uh, and then you end up in Fort Lauderdale? How do you end up in Florida?
0: Yeah. So when I left Miller, um, and it, the reason why I started with Miller is because my neighbor that was in my parents' neighbor when I was growing up worked for Miller in Milwaukee. So that's where I had this whole idea to even work for the company off the get-go. So um, moved back to Milwaukee and then was like, not sure really what my next step is going to be. So I started... Um, Waitressing at some restaurants in downtown Milwaukee, some new hotels, and started um, working for the Milwaukee Brewers actually, and I was a food and beverage assistant for the suite level for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, and that company was called Delaware North, and Delaware North and Levy Restaurants pretty much are the the dominators for providing the food and beverage inside of all major league stadiums. Okay, and NFL. So because I had that opportunity with the Milwaukee Brewers, I was then presented with an opportunity to work in Miami for the Miami Heat and the Miami Dolphins through Levy Beverages.
1: Okay, so so, so you're working for the Heat. Yes. And when is this? Is this in D. Wade, LeBron James era?
0: It actually was. Oh, good. So we just, they just lost LeBron James, who we went back to the Cleveland uh-huh. Cavaliers, and they needed a strong manager to come in and build up sales again after losing LeBron. So they remodeled the entire restaurant, which was called Flagship. It was for premium level season ticket holders, Uh courtside um, seat ticket holders. And I managed that restaurant. And so because I had such great success working at the Brewers and my success with Miller, I was pretty much a in for that position.
1: You gotta give us give us some stories. Give us some stories about- I have
0: so many stories. <laughs> not even um, not only just meeting different celebrities, yeah. which trying to have a straight face and like meeting these celebrities, right? <laughs> Girl from Wisconsin is um, it, just the generosity. I mean, the Christmas presents I got from the players' wives, <laughs> I mean, watches and bottles of perfume, and they didn't even probably remember my name much less. Um, anything else, but just,
1: you must've must left an impact.
0: I, I did. I mean, we were very hospitable, sure. right. Um, that was one thing we did very well is all of our guests that would come in would have a top of the line experience, but, um, just being able to see celebrities every single day going to work was a really cool experience. Um, but still having that, um, my wits about me, right? And realizing they're celebrities. We don't ask for pictures, things like that. Um, at a young age, that really helped me mature pretty quickly. Um, but lots of good stories working so, there.
1: So so day to day, tell us how it's different to provide a premier experience to somebody. I'm not somebody who lives a life of, of premier experiences. Tell us about how that's different.
0: Number one, customer service. You know, knowing every single person that was on the guest list who would have a reservation... Every single person that walked through our our doors, and they're paying a premium cost. It was $75 for their buffet-plated dinner, and they would eat before the game, go to the game, and that's what it was, right? You're eating in like 20 to 30 minutes. So to be able to wow someone in that short timetable, and they're paying a high-ticket item you're going to have to provide a premium product. Mm-hmm. So what was really cool with working at the heat stadium in particular is we would team up with local businesses and bring their food and beverage into the stadium. So every single game they got a different experience uh-huh. and was able to taste a local, um, offering, you know, and that's very similar to what I do in my business now is collaborate with other businesses and bring their offerings. in. so,
2: well, you, you talk about working for the Heat and and the Dolphins. So, you know, you've got maybe, you know, with the Heat, you've got, you know, three home games and then they're off on the road. W- what did you do in your in your off time?
0: So great question. That's why I work for both. Sports teams, because when I wasn't doing heat games, I'd be doing things for the Dolphins and vice versa. And it was a really great time when I worked there because they were just about to start the remodel for the Miami um, Dolphin Stadium. So there's so much excitement about that build out. So I was uh, involved in that on our off days. Um, But pretty much throughout that week, you're preparing all week for that big game and then just setting yourself up for the off season. And then there'll be special events that would come in to either stadium outside of the sporting events. So I would spend my time doing bank banquet operations for, for that as well inside the stadium. So there was always something to do between the build out, the special events, and then the actual games and what we're doing in off season.
2: So how long were you, down there in Florida, I was yeah. there
0: for a year. It was a year contract. Okay. and then I had the opportunity if I wanted to stay or if I wanted to come back. And after a year experience, I felt that was a good amount of time and I was ready to come back to Wisconsin.
2: You know, it's warmer in Florida, right?
0: It is warmer in Florida, <laughs> but I also then remembered that my family, you know, kind of lives here. My sister just had a baby and it was time to come back. so, yeah.
1: So you come back to Wisconsin, where in Wisconsin, and what did you come back to?
0: So I moved back home. Uh, It was the last year that my parents were, before they were going to sell their house that all of us kids were raised in. So we actually, all three of us moved back home for that (laughs) summer. And it was like the best summer ever. (laughs) And that uh, transitioned me back into working in the restaurant industry and deciding again, what was my next move? At that stage of my life, I'm like in my late 20s, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do next. I knew I didn't want to continue working in sports because that required long days, lots of hours. You're constantly on your feet. And I knew I didn't want to go into that lifestyle again. So I didn't want to go back to the brewers Mm -hmm. um, or the box or what have you. Um, So I decided just to kind of figure it out, um, dived back into working with some fitness brands. Um, and
1: back into working with some fitness, brands, you, you had some, it looks like most of your experiences in in food sales and and things like that. Where does wellness and fitness get into?
0: So great question. I always dabbled in working part-time at some sort of gym or wellness Mm. facility. So that was always my love, but I never thought I could make money in wellness. I never thought I could make money working at a gym or being a trainer. So that's why I went to school and got my business marketing degree. What, what, so what, what that gave you that
1: impression? You know, it's like,
0: look, honestly, looking on the internet and seeing like $12 an hour to be a trainer, or what have you at, you know, some of these big stream gyms, mm. initially it is a lower pain field to get into. You kind of have to find that diamond in the rough to really make a career out of it or put in a ton of hours to make it work. So it was always fearful to be honest, to get into the wellness industry full time.
1: So, but you wanted to to do that. What, what gave you that passion for fitness? Were you involved in athletics?
0: Yes. Throughout my entire childhood into my college years and beyond, I was always in some sort of club or, you know, spending my time in the gym or the weight room at school or what have you. Fitness was always my first love always, um, gymnastics at a young age and like wanting to have all my birthday parties at the g- gymnastics <laughs> and like show up to my friends, all the things I can do. Right. Um, but fitness was always my love. My sister brought me to our hometown gym when I was 16 years old and I got the group fitness schedule and like rearranged my whole life so I could come to these step aerobics classes. Right. So wellness was always the first thing on my mind. And I would actually, like, leave these full-time jobs and, like, instantly go to the gym right after.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, So what was it about, I mean, you said starting at a young age, what was it that really made your, your focus so much on health and wellness?
0: A lot of different things. The first thing that comes to my mind is community. The people I would meet in the classes, right? The the friends I would now have coming every Tuesday to whatever class it was because it was the same faces. So I loved meeting new friends. I love being involved in the community. I love physically moving my body. Mm -hmm. I loved learning, right, from the instructor, seeing what to do. I enjoyed seeing my body physically change. Mm -hmm. I was getting stronger. I was feeling healthier. I was sleeping better all those type of things that go naturally along with wellness. And at a young age, I was starting to see that. I was getting better on my own cheerleading team. I was getting better at gymnastics, track and field, all the things from all the different active wellness opportunities I was adding into my life.
1: Yeah, I can I can totally relate um, being involved in athletics my entire life and how hard it is for me to work out at home alone. Yes. <laughs> you know, I cannot no. That is I'm, not
0: for I'm, me. I'm I'm
1: I'm part of a gym now and and it's about the people and it's about the experience that there. You know, there's something different about uh, a bunch of people with a common goal and common exercises that brings a different level of of motivation and I think enjoyment to it.
0: Absolutely. It's it's the aura, it's the energy. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I'm deaf, especially with the pandemic, I'm not <laughs> the gal that's going to be working out in a her- it's basement. hard. It is hard, hard enough as it is. And to be consistent with that is even harder. So
1: More from Ashley in a moment. Just a quick break to share some brief announcements. The spring term at Midstate is now underway. But we always have a great slate of continuing education courses available that are refreshed every week. From learning conversational French to updating your CPR certification, our continuing education department has a lot to offer. The courses are designed for both personal enrichment and professional development. You could even take a course from past host Todd Kukan on customer service skills. Check out upcoming classes at mstc.edu slash continuing-education. Now, let's hear more of the story of the garden with Ashley. So you're you're making a choice into fitness. You're back in Milwaukee. What sort of choice did you make? What did you get into?
0: So I did um, pull the trigger and I worked for the local gym, um, our hometown gym. Uh, it's called the Princeton Club. There's one in New Brown. There's one in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a big box, right? Yeah. Yep. And it was a fancier gym. So it was more expensive to attend this particular gym, but there was racquetball and all these other things. So I started teaching for them and every other fitness center in town. <laughs> I was like, I can't just work for one. I got to work for them all. So I did that. And I literally filled my entire schedule and made the same exact amount of money that I would have made working with the brewers doing fitness. Yeah.
1: What were, what were you teaching?
0: I was teaching Zumba classes. Uh-huh. I did um, it's a, strength-based for our, classes. For, for
1: our listeners, what's Zumba?
0: Zumba is a fitness style dance based off a variety of different genres, generally in the Latin
1: A lot of aerobic.
0: A lot of aerobic, high energy. I taught 10 Zumba classes a week, which (laughs) now in my mid thirties sounds impossible because that's a lot. That's a lot of energy, Michael. Okay. And so I did it though. And, you know, it's, and I started to have a following of women and men of all different ages that were constantly coming to my classes. They were now doing what I did. Back when I was 16, yeah, I yeah. was now their instructor that they wanted to follow. So I started work, as I mentioned, um, then I started diving into personal training and I got my NASM certified personal training certificate and fitness was my full-time gig living in Milwaukee.
1: So I think that's fitness, right? I, I don't know that we're necessarily to wellness yet because Correct. I think that there's more to wellness than, than just fitness. Is, is wellness uh, on your mind while this is going on? Are you starting to differentiate these two things? Or are you just out there, you know, doing classes?
0: That's a really great question. At the time, I thought yes. Hmm. Um, but in reality, no. Mm-hmm. Was I eating relatively healthy? Yes. But like, I would attend, you know, wellness retreats and uh, things such as that nature and go on you know, community runs and that type of thing, but it didn't really embody like the self care and the soul care mm-hmm. at that time. It was more of the physicality. If we're looking at all six dimensions of wellness, I was more mostly in the social and the physical side of things. I left out the other four. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to Chicago, which was shortly after this Milwaukee, I was in Milwaukee for about two years of doing this personal training teaching classes. And then I got another itch to move and I um, moved to Chicago. And that's where my wellness journey started to blossom because Chicago is just so well-versed. And I mean, there's a smoothie place on every other corner, (laughs) right? There's healthy, there's just a lot more opportunities, for wellness, there in boutique fitness studios, and my eyes really started to open yeah. a whole different, um, in a whole different way. So, when I moved to Chicago. I think
1: now is probably a good time. On your website, you 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 define six different dimensions of wellness. Can you tell us all six and tell us what what you mean so that we can start to kind of fill in the gaps of of, of your version of wellness?
0: The National Board of Wellness Institute has six dimensions of wellness. So these aren't things that Ashley Schrader just thought of (laughs) out of my brain. These are like real things. (laughs) Okay. And those six dimensions are the physicality. So physical.
1: That's fitness. Yes. Okay.
0: Emotional wellness, Mm -hmm. your social, spiritual, occupational, and intellectual wellness. Mm -hmm. So according to the National Board of Wellness, to be considered well and to live a well-being lifestyle, a holistic sense is being in those six dimensions. And focusing your life around those six dimensions. So a lot of people, when they naturally think of wellness or fitness, they go right to the physicality. Well, it's not just the physicality. There's this five other dimensions. You could pump
1: iron every day and feel miserable.
0: Exactly. Right. Yep. And you could also journal all day and never move your body. Like <laughs> To be truly well, yeah. you should be well-versed in all six. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So that kind of sets the stage. You, you end up in Chicago. Well, wh- what are you going towards in Chicago?
0: So when I first started out in Chicago, we all know what Chicago's known for, right? Deep dish pizza. <laughs> so of course it'd just be natural for the trainer to work for a pizza brand. I had a girlfriend who I used to do Miller <laughs> promos with who worked for Gino's pizza and she was a sales representative and she got me a job in marketing with Gino's that lasted for about a month. I hated every moment of it because I sat down at a desk and I was bored to tears. So I left that and worked for a company called Equinox. If you're not familiar with Equinox, they are the number one fitness gym in the nation. They started in New York and they have several fans. They're more of a luxury fitness brand. And... There's probably, I think, like over 50 different locations in New York alone, but it's a high ticket gym. So I think their memberships start at like $160 a month, right? So I worked for Equinox and loved it and did sales for them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was still working in a desk. I was still not, I felt like a dog in a cage. And so I wanted to start leading group fitness classes for Equinox because that's more of, my jam is, again, the physicality. So I did sales and um, started teaching group fitness classes for Equinox, going back to kind of my background. And then um, a company called Lifestart approached me on LinkedIn. And Lifestart is a corporate wellness company. And they are in Amazon, Google, LinkedIn, and they provide physical fitness centers for those large brands. So Then I left Equinox and started working with Lifestart. And so they put me into the Hyatt Hotel Corporation office in Chicago. And I was a fitness director for Hyatt for three years. If you know anything about Hyatt, you can go right onto their website and pull them up. They are all about wellness. Hyatt hotels. They actually have changed a lot with their hotels and their food and meal programming to become more of a well being hotel. And so it was very important for them to ensure that there was a fitness center on site at their corporate office. So if you worked for Hyatt, you would come into the gym just like you would come into any other gym. And I would personal train you or teach group fitness classes for you. We would do nutrition one on ones. And provide that experience for the employees of Hyatt.
2: So where was the, where is the Hyatt corporate office?
0: It's located at 150 North Riverside. It's on the corner of Wacker and Randolph in downtown Chicago. It's pretty much the most popular street in downtown Chicago. I know it well. And the it's the building that kind of V's up from the bottom. So it was built brand new the year that I was fitness director there. So I got to build That gym from the ground up picked out where every equipment, what kind of mats, what kind of flooring, all that kind of stuff was decided upon me and the team that was working there.
2: So now you're working at Hyatt, but you're working for Lifecycle?
0: Life Start.
2: Life Start, sorry. So
0: Life Start as i mentioned is pretty much the middleman right? right so they provide all the employees for these big corporations so i didn't work my paychecks came from lifestart not from hyatt right so yeah so it was a really great um and that's going back to ben's question initially that's really where the whole wellness and well-being concept came into play primarily from what i've learned from hyatt and what they were looking to put into their structures and their programming and their offerings for their hotel guests. A lot of my education and knowledge came from their practices. So if I was put at, let's say, Amazon, I probably would have had a different approach to wellness because I wouldn't have had the lessons and the tools and the learning that I got from Hyatt.
1: Hello, listener. We'll get back to Michael and my interview with Ashley in a moment. I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge and recognize the entrepreneurial spirit of our guest, Ashley. She gained a lot from her varied work experience, but she also set the stage with a quality education. She was prepared to make the most out of her daily work and has now been able to leverage this skill to found and own the garden. We recognize that oftentimes work experience alone is not sufficient to be able to launch that next step. MidState is here to help. Our one-year technical diploma in entrepreneurship is full of great learning experience. Take a moment to check it out on our website. It might be just the thing you need to help you help yourself. Once again, thanks for listening. We can now get back to the story of the garden with Ashley Schrader.
0: It was the winter. I think we all can remember. It was January 2019, and it was negative 40 degrees out. (laughs) I was like, oh yes, I remember what Midwest winters are. I'm ready for a warm state again. So that's exactly what I did. I was on Instagram and one of my old friends from Milwaukee moved to Austin. And he's posting all these pictures of boating and doing all these like fun outings with friends and going to all these cool restaurants. And Austin, Texas is the number one city right now and was then, 2019, to move to in the nation. So I'm like... Awesome. Austin, awesome, Texas. That's where I'm going to next. So after three years of being with Hyatt, and there was really no more room for growth for me. Sure. I had hit my catapult. I had all my clients. I'm tapped out on commission. So really the next best move was to, to do something different. And that's what I wanted to do.
1: So like, oh, how do you end up in central Wisconsin then?
0: Well, I did my year in Austin and then... I the pan this thing called the pandemic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. That happened. Have you heard of it?
2: I, like, the, the like. Brand news to me. Okay. I, no. So that
0: happened while I was living in Austin. And I thought I was going to build my business, the garden, in Austin, Texas. Mm. Because Austin, similar to Chicago, is really well versed with well-being and wellness. It is everywhere, and it is a very healthy city to live in. So it made most sense for me to open up my business in Austin. But because of this thing called the pandemic, I was like, hmm, got to shift. So I started looking for jobs back in Wisconsin. And Central Wisconsin was on my radar because my parents are high school sweethearts of Wapaka Mm. and live there for 40 plus years of their life. And I always knew I wanted to raise a family and come back to Central Wisconsin. I thought it was a great place to live. And I enjoyed growing up here as a child and spending my summers. Even when I would come back after all these travels, I would always spend weeks at a time at like, our family lake house. You
1: had vacation at the Chain of Lakes or yeah. nearby? Yeah.
0: My family still has a place on the chain. Ah, yeah. So I knew <laughs> when I was ready to settle down that it was Central Wisconsin. So that was a plan forever. Mm. Um, but then this thing called the pandemic, you know, kind of sped that up. I was thinking like in my 50s, I think, of back here. <laughs> Um, but it dawned on me that, Hey, you know, central Wisconsin would be a great place for me to bring my business to Austin. There would be a lot of competition for what I was doing in my space. There was a lot of other boutique wellness spaces. I think it would have went very well, but I wanted to open up my wellness studio in my home state and so, what, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we first met at celebrate Plover that we did. And what was interesting so here we have this this outdoor event celebrating, you know, Plover in our community. And you were selling merch that had celebrate Plover on it. You were you were basically, you know, leveraging your own merch to support the community. Where does your love for Plover come from?
0: Well, as I mentioned, uh, Central Wisconsin, I'd spent numerous years here back when there was Rainbow Falls. Yeah. If anyone can remember, <laughs> I'm going to throw that one out there. I would experience that as a child, right? Um, So my childhood, again, would consist of coming up to Central Wisconsin and even coming as far north as Managua on family vacations, right? So I always loved Central Wisconsin, what it embodied, the outdoors, the sense of adventure, all those type of things. So I think that Celebrate Plover. I mean, that's exactly what it is: celebrating community, celebrating small towns, celebrating the city, the village, whatever you want to call it, that we live in. And I was very proud to move back to Central Wisconsin and be a part of that. So that's why the shirt said "Celebrate Plover," well, and that was the name of the event. <laughs> so we're, we're
1: fortunate to have you here. So let's let's carry on with this kind of topic of of transformation. So. Let's start with the space. Let's now kind of get to the origin story of of, of the garden. And transformation, we're sitting in what was Plover Shop Co. Uh, and is now a totally different space uh, in here. So tell us how you got to kind of your idea of the, the garden.
0: Absolutely. So pretty much every single thing I've done in my life, career-wise and personally, is embodied in the garden. And my own personal transformation journey as well and looking back at what my experiences were in college and having very little mentorship, um, the opportunity to really understand what wellness was, right? As I mentioned before, I didn't really know what that was until I went to Chicago. And I think that's a really big miss, not only for central Wisconsin, but for Wisconsin as a whole. Actually, Central Wisconsin is known as a mental health desert, and there's not a lot of opportunities for wellness here. So I knew that we needed to bring that here first and foremost, right? That's why I decided to bring that this here and not in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's already got boutique wellness going, and things similar to what the garden is there, we needed to start bringing that um, to where we're at. So that was the first thing. And um, based off of my own personal experiences of transformation and going to college, and it's kind of like, whoa, right? Like no more parents, no more high school cheerleading and gymnastics and like parents making me dinner and have healthy food options readily available. I'm on my own. Right. And again, living in Oshkosh, there's not a healthy food market there. There's not boutique, wellness studios, you know, it, it just I wasn't brought up in a really great um wellness space. And I really wanted to create that for Central Wisconsin. I wanted an opportunity for adults in the college stage all the way up to right before your last day to have a space to go to. For whatever wellness looked like for them. And so I created it.
1: So ultimately, I think that wellness has to be experienced. So yes. talk us through some of the experiences that's, that someone might have here.
0: I completely agree with you that it needs to be something you ne- experience firsthand. You can read about a description all day long, but until you're in the space and you feel, touch, smell it, I feel like that's very important. So some of the opportunities that we have here at the Garden, as I mentioned, we focus on the six dimensions, so the physicality. So I lead five different signature fitness classes here, which are completely different than any group fitness schedule that you'll see at any of our local gyms here, right? We believe in collaboration over competition. So some of those classes are bar. We do a 715 fitness class. That's a blend of cardio and core. We do a mobility and stretching class called Rebuild. We do a fitness dance class. And then we also do a class called Stronger. And that's all without all of our classes are with your own body weight and no equipment. So we take out that intimidation factor for all of our members and guests. So on top of the physicality, we also have emotional-based classes, Mm -hmm. which is led by Brianna Saxer. She comes to us from the Chicago suburbs, and she leads emotional wellness classes, whether that's emotional experiencing, whether that's rooted in relating, whether that's transformation of the soul. Her classes are based off of those emotional wellness concepts, and it's not group therapy. So she'll lead and facilitate the class and allow people to think and process and leave time for reflection afterwards, but it's not a back and forth situation. Yeah.
1: So because we don't have, you know, we don't have those classes elsewhere, just tell me a little bit more about what I, what I would experience in that class. You say it's, it's not a back and forth, give me a a sample title of a class and what's going to happen.
0: So emotional experiencing, we'll take that one. It's experiencing your emotions and not any emotion is good or bad, but it's taking for that, for example, for a day, if you feel sad, okay, why do you feel sad? What made you feel sad? How can you overcome your sadness? Things such as that nature and asking you questions and prompts to really think through those emotions. Because that'll be oh, process. Exactly. Yeah. Because oftentimes people are like, oh I'm sad. Like I need to not be sad. No, it's actually okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. But why are you sad? What are ways to help you not continue to feel this sadness? things such as that nature. Um, so that's an example. Also, today's class was rooted in relating, and it's taking a look at how you relate to yourself, how you relate to others, and how you relate on a spiritual aspect, and just some questions and prompts um, centering your mind on that. So that those are just two examples on right. what the emotional wellness looks like. That's more Brianna's vibe so she could sit here and probably have an hour and a half conversation (laughs) just on one of her classes. Um, But I let her pretty much take on that realm, but that's just kind of in a nutshell. And then on top of that, we bring in other practitioners to provide sound healing classes, artistic workshops, classes on occupational wellness that Tara Parks does on a Friday. So teaching people um, different modalities to be better in their own business or sales positions. So we pretty much have some sort of workshop event or class for a variety of different interests.
1: So aside from the classes, what other things do you offer in this space?
0: So we have, we're sitting in it right now is our life loft, which is a space for solitude and meditation. So our members, our guests can come up here and experience silence. They can come up here and just reflect on the day. Maybe they're journaling Maybe they're just literally closing their eyes and thinking about their day, their week, their month, and offering that opportunity, which we don't get too often. Our lives are so busy, and the Life Loft really creates that safe space to reflect. We also have our wellness studio, where outside businesses can have their own events as well and lead their own workshops or private events in our space, so we offer that opportunity to the community, and we also provide our own events. As I mentioned before, that's also where we have the physicality classes. On top of that, we have our kitchen, which is wellness food that is a grab-and-go option for our community. So if they want to come meet our friend at Mission Coffee, grab a healthy salad, grab a healthy drink. They can do that and take it on their way or Mm -hmm. enjoy it in our space. So that's another element that was missing in central Wisconsin is we're going to go for healthy food that's quick, that's affordable, and it's efficient. So we're providing that here as well. And we also found, got some feedback from the community that meals, meal planning is hard. Cooking at home is hard. What do I cook? What ingredients? Et cetera, et cetera. So we actually teamed up with a local entrepreneur out of opaca to provide meals for people to have throughout the week as well.
1: And then there's a retail space.
0: There's retail space. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. More. Like, there's know, more. I've, I feel like all these, these six dimensions, um, it's almost like a checklist. <laughs> we want to make sure that each exactly. one is addressed in one way or another.
0: Yes. We wanted to make sure that we had – Again, what is wellness? It's nutrition, it's physicality, it's events, it's community, it's all these things. Mm -hmm. So we had to make sure that we also were a niche, right? That we're staying true to the brand, but we also have the opportunity to dial in on all six dimensions of wellness. So with the wellness retail, we teamed up with eight local entrepreneurs who do not have a storefront and they sell their products inside of our walls. And that gives them an opportunity to be seen and heard in the community and provide amazing merchandise to our members and our guests.
2: Getting back to, um, you know, coming back to central Wisconsin, you know, you're a entrepreneur. What made you want to be an entrepreneur and not work for someone else?
0: I was the one that always had all the ideas for every employer that I worked for. So my brain was constantly thinking above and beyond what the owners, the directors, the managers, whatever, in any position I ever had, I would come to them with ideas. So I started to see in all of my positions that like, hmm, maybe I could be the boss. Hmm, Maybe I could run the show. And it was all my experiences that finally led me up to the point where like, I just don't want to work for anyone else. Like, I feel that I have enough skills and experience and knowledge, expertise, whatever, to do my own thing. And so... And I would always hear feedback from other people like, Ashley, you should really open up your own business. And it was the inspiration from other people to be like, you should go off and do your own thing. That finally got me to do it. It It's actually one of my clients at Hyatt. He had this whole idea of what the garden was um, and encouraged me to do that. But at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, I think I was born an entrepreneur. It just took me a couple of years to figure it out.
1: Mike and I were, were here Recently for the ribbon cutting, right? The the grand opening. And one of the things that, that stood out to me was just how you've empowered the women in our community. And maybe this goes back to your experience at Miller, but talk a little bit about how important it is to support the women and, and, and female entrepreneurs in our community.
0: Absolutely. I don't even know where to start. I have like 19 <laughs> million topics to talk about on that. Um,
1: First, um, well, tell us what it means to you.
0: Women empowerment is very near and dear to my heart. And that's actually how I've met each and every single woman that is inside this space is just by organic connections, by meeting them at some event or, um, Jesse Fritz, one of our artistic guide. I met her doing the trailblazer mural, which is of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in downtown Stevens Point.
1: Right across from Midstate. state.
0: Yes, <laughs> right across from Midstate, yeah, yeah. exactly. We see it every day. Yeah. beautiful mural, and it's gotten so much attraction and attention because um, it's absolutely beautiful. And from my own experiences, I worked really hard as a woman. Um, going back to my experiences with Miller, I didn't get that job because. I didn't beat out 126 people because of my name. Like I had to show them all my experiences on my resume, kill it in the interview, and probably had to climb a lot more barriers for that position than a lot of the men did. Um, and break down that barrier, finally hiring a woman. Right. So just from my own experiences there and living in Austin. There is so much woman empowerment there. It's like on fire. There's so many different female entrepreneurs doing amazing things, and that really inspired me to bring back that concept here to Central Wisconsin. So I knew opening up the garden, whether it was in Austin, whether it was here, that having it be a female-dominated industry, or business rather, was very important to me. Because oftentimes women don't always, Step out of their comfort zone and shine. They need, from my personal experience, they need other people to kind of lift them up without them stepping out of their own comfort zone. So I wanted to have a space that would empower and uplift and inspire other women to have a voice.
1: So, well, well, it was it was inspiring. It was an inspiring ribbon cutting. It's an inspiring space.
0: I think there was uh, ten women standing up there, which was, and one of those women was my mother, who, again, going back to being central Wisconsin, and her being one of the owners here at the garden, um, and again, cat- categorizing in that age group, right, a seventy-plus year old woman who believes in wellness in transformation and growth and empowering other women. She eats, breathes, and sleeps that concept. So it's really awesome to see her standing up there along with other women in the community.
1: So we have a, a unique opportunity here. Um, many of our guests in the past have been in business for 40 years, for 20 years. We we are interviewing you um, in we could count days. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can
0: count days. We're at uh, day five of since grand opening. This is oh.
1: day five when we do this interview. We we always post them later. But um, so you are just in the in the first days. What tell us a little bit about your just experience in starting this up? Because one of the things that I've just observed is a lot of people knew about your business long before it opened. It you were able to to generate this buzz and this awareness to it. So just tell us a little bit about your your entrepreneurship and your, your starting of this space.
0: I think I was born an entrepreneur. I just have that natural, like, can talk to anyone type personality. I just love that. If I could travel the world and just go to different events and talk to people, like, I would be a, a happy camper. Um, but because of my outgoing personality and my experiences and working in so many different facilities and just having Miller experience, Equinox, all these different things and get to see so many different personalities. I feel like I had a really great, um, that in itself is like 10 years of education to me because I got to, you know, even in my experience with Hyatt, I built that gym. I didn't pay for it. Like I paid for the garden, but I, you know, built that gym from the ground up. So all of my past experiences from post-college to now helped shape my um, entrepreneur journey. And it's kind of funny because I didn't really realize that at the time, but I was an entrepreneur back when I was teaching fitness classes, right? I was selling myself as an instructor. Granted, I worked for a gym, right? I didn't own the yeah. gym, but I was still an entrepreneur. And then doing these extra events that people would then come follow me to is a whole different other stream of revenue. But um, I've been an entrepreneur really since I was 16.
1: So so you've, so, you've been working on, on, on this project specifically um, at least a year. So- pretend that you're sitting across from Ashley one year ago today. Give her some advice.
0: So in my experience, it's literally been, and I don't think a lot of people could say this. This is why I think it's so special. It's literally been divine connections. Every single person that works here, I've met organically. I haven't hired anyone from a job ad. I've literally met them out and figured out what their experience was. So, Talking to Ashley a year ago, it's just enjoy the journey. Try things out and see what works, see what doesn't. Take the advice of the community, figure out what they want, what are they looking for, and then develop your programming based off of the needs of your community. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that, and that's exactly what we did. Everything we do here, we keep evolving, and I'm sure we'll change our class schedule every month, and that's fine. Um, but really understanding what Central Wisconsin needs first. And of course, our goal is to grow and hopefully be in multiple locations down the line. But what does Central Wisconsin want? What are they looking for? And then be able to provide that and do it well.
1: You know, I, I, I see a lot of parallels actually between this and what we do at Mid-State Technical College. Our mission, uh, as a quote, is to transform lives through the power of teaching and learning. And we both have this kind of desire to help people help themselves, to help them to transform and to know that there has to be an exchange of information and there has to be some teaching and and learning.
0: Because we don't grow in our comfort zones, right? Going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset Mm -hmm. is extremely challenging. And one thing that I've noticed in central Wisconsin, and maybe both of you can agree with me, the reluctancy to change Mm -hmm. is a lot different than some other cities, Because people are used to the same old, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But here at the garden, our mission is do not transform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is boldly implanted in our wellness studio downstairs, which is where (laughs) we're standing in front of in the ribbon cutting. But we believe that. We believe if you are going to have that fixed mindset you're never going to change. You're never going to transform. You're never going to evolve. And you will not be the best version of yourselves. It's when you grow, that's when you transform.
1: you starting with that mindset, you're sure to have success. So I always ask, what's next for Ashley? What's next for the garden?
0: What's next is just finally being able to enjoy our space, do my role of teaching classes and being business owner versus hammering nails and getting this place ready. um, That's all done. The business is built. It's now working in the business, working alongside other businesses, which we've already done since open. We've collaborated with other businesses and done a lot of events. Um, But supporting our community and whatever that is, whatever their needs are, um, and being able to facilitate that. That's what's next for us. And being a place where people feel safe and feel that they can grow.
1: Thank you for listening to Profile Central Wisconsin. Special thanks to Ashley Schrader from The Garden and to Michael Witte for joining me in this conversation. Profile is a production of Mid State Technical College out of the Stevens Point campus. You heard Ashley talk a lot about all of the dimensions of wellness. If you want to learn a great deal more about wellness, Mid State offers an associate degree in health and wellness promotion. This is a fully online program that you can take from anywhere. You'll have classes on nutrition, aging, mental health, and stress management. In addition, classes that relate to the business side of wellness, such as wellness marketing and entrepreneurship. Find out more at mstc.edu slash programs. To learn more about the Portage County Business Council and everything they're doing to connect and grow our business community, visit portagecountybiz.com. That's biz with a Z. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume your audio media. It's the mission of Mid-State Technical College to transform lives through the power of teaching and learning. Help us work toward that goal by sharing this story. Thanks for listening.
2: at the, uh, ribbon cutting. And then after the ribbon cutting, you breathe belief into people. And that's what I think is huge for the garden. It's not just belief in yourself. You believe in the organization, you believe in them. And I think that's where the, you breathe belief into everything you touch.
0: Well, thank you. That's a very nice comment to say. I appreciate that. I feel that I had other people believe in me. Um, We have founding members here at the garden that never saw, they saw concrete and they decided to spend their, you know, write out a check for the whole year in advance to help us propel Inc. to getting some additional funding for the garden because they believed in me without seeing anything any walls, any furniture, any anything. They're like, I think that Ashley Schrader has got what it takes to open up a business. And I see that same thing in these women, these entrepreneurs, business partners, whatever you want to call them, that I'm just catapulting them into their own storefront and sky's the limit.